This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have a very high expectation of what I've always thought this franchise is, and that was the best franchise in sports. In the moments where we are now, as players, we got to execute. Every day, I'm so fortunate to be a part of this team. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here. 49ers Plus Minus episode, Super Bowl edition. I am not in Las Vegas yet. I am delaying this as long as possible. But Matt Barrows, well, you've been there for like a three weeks now, something like that, seven weeks. Uh, co-hosting from the media hotel, bathed in golden light on my screen. Barros, how how's that Super Bowl week been so far? I'll tell you what, it started out very slowly. Uh, we arrived to rain and sort of yucky weather. And I'm sure a lot of people who were coming in from northern climes, from Canada or from wherever, were <laughs> disappointed in the uh, the Vegas weather. But uh, it's gotten nicer, and yesterday, really, the uh, the crowd arrived. I mean, there are a lot of people on the Strip. There are a lot of people in the hotel. I'm seeing all sorts of celebrities. I saw uh, Josh Johnson yesterday. There you go. And then there I saw Carrot Top right after that. Uh, and then I saw Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle in Vegas. So if we lose power during the game um, again... We know who to blame. Don Cheadle has brought another little pinch that he uses to uh, <laughs> briefly, briefly black out the power. Right. Here speaking in, in the uh, Cockney, yeah. was he speaking in the Cockney accent uh, in Vegas? He was dressed uh, in a Cockney way. He had a little um, beret on uh, or a little Kangol hat. Um, I didn't stop to talk to him, but he was actually at the Luxor. And I, I, I thought that that was pretty cool. It kind of helps out the cachet of this hotel a little bit. You're dangerously close to assembling like the the Barros Eleven. Like you, you could plot out some heist. <laughs> I think Carrot Top. He's your inside guy. Uh, you got Cheadle. Oh, you got. This is lining up. You, I have. Uh, I have. I have. Uh, I'm sorry. I've got Beast Mode here too. Um, I've got Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch and and uh, Josh Johnson are, are here as a duo. They're they're having um, a uh, foundation function, or maybe they had it last night. But uh, yeah, we got some uh, pretty interesting personalities to assemble here. 
Well, there's also a football game. There's been some interesting, as always in a Super Bowl, there are little intriguing little quirks and anecdotes and moments. But the big one all week's been that practice field. Uh, I know they're not letting you out there, but we've heard, you know, they laid down turf over the UNLV artificial field uh, and it hasn't seemed to come in. There's a squishy or bouncy or whatever you call it. Clearly, the 49ers don't think it's ideal. It's not ideal. But what's your sense of what they're doing about it? Like, are, are they having to back off for practice? I realize I think today is supposed to be the, the fastest practice, but where are they on this practice field controversy while the Chiefs practice in the palatial uh, fields of, of the Raiders HQ? Yeah, I thought it was very interesting that in the pool report from the Chiefs, which is done by Peter King, um, Andy Reid um, took time to lavish praise about the Raiders <laughs> facility and just how roomy it was and how it was done to uh, done to the nines and that they'll never outgrow it. Uh, what a lovely facility they have there in Henderson. Uh, and that's in stark contrast to UNLV, where the 49ers are. Um, it, they, they all said that it was a, I don't want to say half speed practice, but um, the, the verb, uh, or the adjective that was given to me was a joggy practice where <laughs> you are not going, um, a hundred miles an hour. And so uh, that's not all that different than their regular, uh, Wednesday sessions. It's not usually a full practice on Wednesday. The Thursday practice is the Thursday practice is the most game-like of the week. And, um, yeah, they sort of dodged uh, around the question about whether Thursday would be a usual Thursday practice on this squishier, very MetLife stadium. And it's, it's, it's not artificial, but it's the squishiness. It's uh, the softness of the field that literally is in the same range that MetLife was when they played there in, in 2020. And so that's, that's the, that's the crux of the situation. The, the, the NFL in trying to calm the 49ers down, trying to reassure the 49ers said, Hey, it's still in our safety parameters. It's right here where MetLife stadium is. And of course that only uh, threw more fuel onto the fire and their most hated, their most hated field. No question. Took out Bosa, took out various other Jimmy, right? Garoppolo. And was it Mostert? I can't remember. Like three guys went down uh, in week two of, three years ago on that field. So that's not the way to call the 49ers down. Did you, did you hear any like potentially drastic alteration? Like, could they, they, were they possibly going to say, you know what, let's just go practice in, at the Raiders place. Cause you know, we need equality on the field. Was, was there any chance that the 49ers did something other than practice at UNLV and just make do on those fields? Well, the initial threat when, when it was really bad, it, it's gotten a little bit better over time. You know, they, they made a big stink about it. And so the league has tried to uh, correct the issue a little bit. And, and it's gotten a little bit better. The, the hardness scale has gotten higher since last week, say. Uh, but yeah, at one point they threatened to uh, attend media day on, on Monday and then fly right back to Santa Clara and practice in, at Santa Clara throughout the week and then just come back for Sunday's game like it was a regular road trip, which for you and me would have been awesome. I, I was yeah. still I was still stuck at San Jose Airport for three hours <laughs> at that point. And I was like, OK, maybe I won't even have to get on a get on a plane at all. Um, there, there had been talk about sharing the uh, Raiders facility with the Chiefs. And I'm not 100 percent on this reporting, but I think there was a uh, back and forth, at least through the NFL, where 
the 49ers said, hey, if the Chiefs, uh, you know, alter their schedule a little bit, we could do this. The Chiefs were unwilling to to do that. And the NFL was unwilling to force them to do that. So the only way that the 49ers could have used the Raiders facility was to have very early practices, which would have, you know, thrown into the air their whole practice schedule, everything that they had done last week. Uh, it wasn't worth it to them. So, I mean, that that sort of tells you where things are, that they're able to sort of kind of swallow this UNLV place. That's the lesser of the two evils uh, versus going to the Raiders and practicing very early in the morning um, a lot differently than their, their normal schedule is. I'll just say the idea of blowing off three days of media – going home and do it there's no way there was no way the nfl would have allowed that and if the 49ers had done it they would have gotten the most massive fine in the history of football uh you can't do that uh, i get what they were mad i get why they might have threatened to do that uh, they would have added two flights by the way to this with the wear and tear the equipment i get they were mad but it does tell you how mad they were that they were even bringing that up but there was no way the nfl would have allowed that they would have gone they would have might have taken draft picks from the four niners if they'd done that they might have taken a ton of draft picks if the four niners had done that so uh probably was not possible i did think they could have gone to the raiders hq um it would have been schedule weirdness i get it they have to make do but okay barrows do you think they're compromised here i mean is this a real thing that might play into what we see on sunday um i let me just add one more element to it um you know they they sent out an advance party to look at the field um, like like you would. The problem was that the field wasn't there when the advance party was <laughs> out in Vegas. They only started to put it down last week when I was doing that story about, you know, 10 items about the uh, the the upcoming um, Super Bowl for the 49ers. And I mentioned that the 49ers are practicing at UNLV. It, it was just starting to go down at that point. That was last week. It was midweek last week. So there wasn't anything for them to test. And so when the the, the big guns, uh, the the head groundskeeper, the head medical guy, Ben Peterson, um, uh, and some other top officials went out there and they, they decided that it was not adequate. At that point, John Lynch made a special trip to Las Vegas uh, to test it himself. So the GM had to go out there and test it. John Lynch put on cleats. And pretended so like when he was, was a. When was again. that? When were those visits? I think know? that those were this weekend, this uh, this this previous weekend, and so that's when it really got tense, and that's when Jed York got involved. Jed York got on the phone with Roger Goodell, and that's when the the league decided, okay, this is still within our our safety parameters. When we do our tests, yeah, it's at the very bottom of the ra- range. Yes. The 49ers like those numbers at the top of that range, but we're not going to do anything about it. That is the amazing. Why wait so long to put that field down is amazing to me. Uh, when We know it was going to take some time. We know they weren't putting the sod down. The NFL is making billions of dollars. This is their stage. This is their moment. There's going to be 250 million people watching this game. And they compromise one of the teams by putting down the field too late. Like that's it just takes put it down a week earlier. I don't understand, but this is what they do with these, you know, fields. They just they have this incredible product and they jeopardize it all of MetLife Field jeopardizes their players every time they play on it. So 
Uh, I could go on on a rant on this forever, but I can imagine how pissed off the foreigners are, were, and are right now. And we'll, we'll see what happens in the game. You know, I can't imagine they're going to say, yeah, sure, Trent, go out there and work as hard as you can on that field today. There's no way. Bosa. McCaffrey probably will do it anyway. But, like, yeah, can you imagine if there's an injury on this field? Uh, I would imagine they're going to do whatever they can to avoid that risk. But uh, we shall see. Maybe it gives them a little edge, right? A little mental edge, right? A little anger going into this game. Maybe not a terrible thing. I'll just say, just judging from afar, watching a lot of these media things, they do look loose, Barrows. They do look like, especially as a quarterback, I thought Purdy has looked like really relaxed, smiling, beaming. He's like answering everything. Uh, I don't know how much you've been around him or been around. Uh, Kyle looks loose. Uh, he looked really loose on Monday night, Barrels. Like really yeah. loose. Almost a little too loose. Yeah. <laughs> it's like borderline on that scale of the other side. Uh, what's your sense of like the top guys, Shanahan, Purdy, other guys? What's the foreigner's mindset in Vegas right now? Yeah, Purdy uh, leapt out to me as well. Yesterday he had to do um, not just uh, – sort of one of those booth interviews. He was on stage uh, in, in front of the whole NFL media, everybody who was who had gone out to the 49ers hotel. And um, he had to kind of handle, you know, the the questions from the crowd, the microphone questions. And they're, you know, they're from French reporters and German reporters and Mexican reporters and all sorts of uh, different uh, oddball questions coming at him. And, and you're right, he seemed perfectly comfortable. I mean, he was even kind of cracking jokes up there. Yeah. Um, it's something I, I'd never heard of. Apparently he does impressions. Uh, that was news to me. And that was also news to a lot of his teammates as well. So I don't know how, <laughs> how prevalently those, uh, those impressions have been, but I mean, it, it was like, he was opening for Carrot Top, uh, on stage. <laughs> you're you're stuck on Carrot Top. <laughs> I know. Uh, but, uh, that's my point. And, and, uh, I do remember four years ago thinking that, um, Jimmy Garoppolo was a little tight in those mm -hmm. situations. Um, and Brock Purdy wasn't, and I'm not saying that means that Brock Purdy is going to be Mr. Loose and, uh, totally comfortable, uh, under those Clegg lights on, on Sunday, Th that's going to be a lot of pressure, uh, a lot of pressure on a young, young guy, a third youngest guy to ever start a Super Bowl, by the way. But, uh, to this point, he's handled everything with a plum. He handled a, um, do you think you look like Lee Harvey Oswald or that uh, question the other day? Uh, he's, he's, he tried to answer it. I mean, that's how uh, earnest he's trying to be. And then decided, you know what, uh, this is just not an answerable question. Maybe don't go down that road. Yeah. I, he's been looser there than he is with us, which is interesting. You know, a local press conference, you know what we all understand. He's not going to be the most colorful guy ever when he's at the podium he's fine by him you know one-on-one -on -one, but not in that stage he kind of you know he, he repeats a lot of things that are important to him but he doesn't go beyond that i just think he's something's happened where he was either ready for this or he just likes it he feels like this is it's been very interesting to watch and yeah you i, I might write about this going what this means for the game i, I you know I'm, I'm, i don't know like comparison i think playing style comparison to jimmy i'm not going to try to go press conference style to Jimmy, but we've just seen an, you know, kind of a, a, um, I don't know, a bigger platform quarterback. We just see a quarterback, I think, who maybe is built for these kind of things. Now he hadn't been great in the playoffs, but he's been great at the end of these playoff games. Uh, and what was Jimmy? He was 
handing the ball off for two NFC playoff games in 19. And then when they needed him to throw, I looked at the state was two for nine. Once the Chiefs scored that touchdown to get within three in the fourth quarter with an interception. And it just wasn't, you know, it w- wasn't anything good. I don't think, I think it was over three on third down or wherever it was like, this was not a big moment quarterback for them. And maybe Purdy is. I don't want to read too much into smiling on the podium, but I'm going to read a little bit into it. Uh, any other uh, things that have come from the media stuff, from anything you've bumped into that, that might tell us a little more about this game coming up? Well, I, I can say that the, uh, the the 49ers' public face about the practice fields is different than what I'm hearing behind the scenes, that they don't want uh, you know the players to – see this as a big deal they want the players to have as normal a practice week as as possible so um you could tell on monday when when all of this was really starting to to boil over that um someone had told them not to talk about the practice fields because you got an immediately sort of a uh tense up situation whenever that came up and and the the answer at least the, the players that i talked to was a a quick um, oh, that's not my jurisdiction. Uh, you have to talk to somebody else about the practice fields. So, um, you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think it's something that the 49ers can use to their advantage in the end by saying, um, look, you know, the, the, the Chiefs are the, the darling of the NFL. They give them this uh, Taj Mahal practice facility. They stick you out here at these makeshift fields. We, we're the ones that are having to go back and forth to uh, Las Vegas every day, which, by the way, is not an easy uh, commute when everybody has uh, descended on Las Vegas. I mean, it's it, it can be over an hour commute. So the 49ers um, have the more kind of difficult uh, week-long situation. Um, and, um, you know, that, that would be a nice way. You know, you don't want to overplay that, but, uh, you know, just uh, – you know, everybody wants Taylor Swift and the Chiefs to win, and you guys can be the spoilers here. How is that Lake Las Vegas hotel set up? And does it feel like isolated? Yes, very much so. Um, to the point where there was a report, and I think it was a bogus report, of a um, NFL player is bitten by coyote at Lake, Lake Las Vegas. And, and you believed it <laughs> because it's out <laughs> It's out in the hills. There's nothing out there w- with it, um, and uh, it didn't seem so far fetched. The hotel is very ordinary. I mean, it's not a it's not a Ritz Carlton by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it's uh, I, I think it's the allure is that it's big enough. It has this separate space where they can do all this media, and it's away from the strip, so that they're, they're not here with just. Uh, I, I tell you, it, it's it's gotten really, really packed with people uh, the last couple of days. So um, it, it, it's an isolated spot. It should be a good spot to sort of hunker down and get ready. But it's certainly not uh, anything that they're really used to as far as uh, uh, hotels and getting ready for games. I'm coming in Friday. So I, I got my people like, you know, I'm like when the super high roller comes in and they meet him at the jet and they sh- sh- you know usher him in they got a you know big limousine ready that's that's going to be me tomorrow morning uh Las Vegas will be prepared for me uh, it's my welcome back I hadn't been there for a while uh, this is this is me coming in oh the luxor i'm not really i don't know really know the luxor too well so we'll, we'll see, see how that goes but uh uh it, it will be it will be La- Las Vegas coming up to to greet me i am quite sure uh 
what what do you see as the 49ers issues? Like, do they have pressing issues going into this game? Like things that they're discussing, things that you know are on their minds as like other than let's say you know, obviously defending Patrick Mahomes, but maybe it's that Pat defending Patrick Mahomes from you know, we know about that blowout loss two years ago. What what let's like what's topical uh, football wise for them? Well, I mean, topical football wise is this weird fact that they had to lecture the team about effort uh, after the the Detroit game. I mean, um, Steve Wilkes brought it up last week. John Lynch brought it up last week. Kyle Shanahan's been bringing it up, um, it, which is so strange to me that that's maybe a, a preseason thing that you do. Hey, I noticed in this practice you guys weren't hustling down the line. we got to correct that. Um, that's not something you do in, after the NFC Championship game. So that, that to me is really the – the big question going into this game, the, the 49ers, we've seen them summon this um, incredible energy at various points during the season. Most recently, when they went to Philadelphia, which I call their regular season Super Bowl. And so they went into the regular season Super Bowl prepared. I mean, they, they wore the uh, funereal clothing uh, to to begin <laughs> that game, came in all dressed in black for what would be the uh, uh, the Eagles wake and so and galvanized and everybody in sync. And then they just haven't been able to cobble together a game like that since. And you would have thought they could have done that for Green Bay. Okay, if not Green Bay, we need a, a, a game to kind of get back into the flow of things. We'll do it for Detroit. And it wasn't Detroit either. So it's, it's obviously something that you just can't snap your fingers and get. Um, and I just wonder if that's going to be an issue at the beginning of the Chiefs game as well. It's wild. You, know, you, you come out of the NFC playoffs as the NFC champion, and you're going, well, we could play harder. Uh, there's plays that we didn't look real good. So much of it is focused on Chase Young, that one play that it looked really bad, and maybe a couple others, certainly in the first half. But there were others, and it wasn't just him. Um, how's he felt i mean i know he's not the most talkative guy in the world but has he felt the focus of this is he like oh wait a minute here i i gotta play harder or has it come off in any other way when the focus has been directly on chase young on this effort thing yeah uh he he uh commented on it uh certainly on on monday and um he said exactly that that yeah there are plays that um you know i just have to be more consistent play really hard every play the 49ers have sort of backed him and have noted that, okay, overall his game has been really good. Uh, well, maybe not really good, but um, better than the public perception of it. Um, and, and I think that's true. You know, I, I go back and rewatch these games, and you and I are are kind of uh, talking about Chase Young uh, in the press box. And I, I rewatch it the next next day, and I, I think, okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Okay, he got pressure here. And he made a couple of, of really nice individual stops even on the outside stuff where uh that he's been uh 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 criticized for uh he's looked pretty good so i you know he's still their second best defensive end i think that this is a signal to this team in the off season that okay these this is two straight years where we've sort of kind of cobbled together a uh a a a, a pairing for nick bosa that doesn't really work uh, or doesn't work as well as it should. And I think that should be um, um, apparent that they need to bring in somebody good at that second spot. They can't uh, go cheapy on it like they've done. So 
Um, you know, but that's a, a question for the 2024 offseason. Um, I think he's going to be fine in this game coming up. I think the pass defense is going to be fine going up against Mahomes. It's a limited receiving core, but has looked pretty decent in the postseason. Is that a matchup you like for the 49ers? Yeah, that's a story I wrote about today. And remember when Mahomes came into Levi's last year in week seven, he just lit them up. Yeah. 423 yards. Uh, it was the most yards that Charvarius Ward, when, when he was targeted, has given up uh, since he joined the 49ers. His worst game as a 49er came against his old team, the Chiefs. And so I think he's really eager to make amends for that. There were there were some extenuating circumstances in that game. He was dealing with some pretty heavy um, personal issues. Um, remember, the game that preceded that was the Falcons game in Atlanta, where they just got beat up. Yeah. Um, literally, they got pushed around by the Falcons. They came out of that game really injured, and uh, Charvarius Ward was one of those guys. He had a groin injury, didn't practice during the week, probably shouldn't have played, but it was his old team. He pushed himself to play. He wasn't ready, and he paid the price. And so he wasn't really Charvarius Ward, and certainly Diamador Lenore wasn't the Diamador Lenore that we started to see in the playoffs last year and who I think has been probably the most underrated guy on this entire squad. Uh, and has been playing really well in the playoffs. Uh, so I think those two guys are going to be fine. It's Mr. Number three, Ambry Thomas, that is the question mark. And whether uh, I, I think the Chiefs will certainly target him, but will the 49ers, knowing that Ambry Thomas is going to be targeted, be able to do something beyond what they've done in the first two games? Didn't Logan Ryan play a lot of slot in the last game? And and could you see Logan Ryan just jumping over Ambry Thomas? I mean, I don't think the Chiefs have that many guys who you're worried about the speed issue with Logan Ryan. So maybe could that be the switch? It's a great call. I mean, you would have a, a safety doing a lot of the kind of uh, at least tra Travis Kelsey uh, kind of awareness. Where Where is Kelsey on this play? And you would have a, a safety doing that and a veteran safety at that. Uh, so yeah, that could be a really interesting thing to watch, especially in pregames when we're trying to figure out who's going to be playing and whatnot. I, I think the chiefs will probably be doing the same thing as we are, but yeah, it would allow you to get a 33 year old, uh, former, uh, Super Bowl champion on the team, uh, or on the field and get Ambry Thomas off the field. The other side, I'm looking at, I mean, I've talked about Purdy. I think he's relaxed, but we know the Chiefs are very good against the pass and they are not very good against the run. It's like still mystified why the Ravens didn't run it more in the, in the AFC Championship game. Looking at McCaffrey, we know that was his first, the regular season game against the Chiefs was his first game with the Fortnite. He's just been traded like two days before. Uh, can't really figure out that based on that matchup, but can you see a lot of Christian McCaffrey in this game, 20, 25 carries, you know, full dose, you know, Shanahan going for 30 carries in this game. Uh, or do you think they keep throwing? They've been throwing a lot in the play. I'm going to write about this. They've been throwing a lot in these two playoff games. Uh, you know, just a very different kind of Shanahan attack. They've been behind, but still they've been throwing it way more than, you know, Shanahan usually does. You think they go back to running the ball in this one? I mean, it, it would help everybody. It would help Purdy most of all. You would get those linebackers to come up. I mean, that's where Purdy runs into issues is when it's a soft coverage, when 
Um, the team, the defense that he's facing isn't worried about the run and they're dropping those linebackers uh, back into coverage. And those, those windows, always tight, get, you know, they just disappear altogether for him. So, yeah, I think that that would help. That would help in so many ways. I mean, um, you know, you're talking about who's ready, who's going to kind of rise to the, uh, the occasion. Um, Chris McCaffrey's got to be at the top of your list. I mean, he's just built for this. Um, he, he's been so ready these last two games. Remember that, that Philadelphia game last year, um, even when uh, all hope was lost, he was still running really hard and running over Eagles. This, this guy wants to be in this game. This guy's been dreaming about this scenario all of his life. Um, yeah, this could be a real um, spotlight, a, a place where Christian McCaffrey, who's already extremely highly regarded, takes it to an even higher level. Yeah, if I, you know, the winning quarterback almost always gets the MVP. We know that unless he has a bad game and or there, there's a guy gets two interceptions on defense, whatever. But if the four Niners win, I think McCaffrey might be my favorite to win MVP. And I, well, depending if Purdy throws three touchdowns, it's going to be Purdy. But um, I guess like this does seem built for Christian McCaffrey kind of, you know, 26, 24 carries, 121 long touchdown, bunch of great, you know, big first down runs. Uh, five catches, 80 yards, like one of those kind of games that's just impossible to match up with against a big pass rush, against a team that, you know, plays the outside very well. Just dump it off to 23. Like they did that at the end of the uh, the Green Bay game. Just get it to him a couple times. I always, well, I just sit there and say, well, throw it to 23, throw it to 23, run it to 23, run left. Uh, this could just be one of those. Don't get too cute. Just go, just give it to your best player. Run him behind your other best player, number 71. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, um, how many games this season uh, at the end of the game would you would you have said that uh, Christian McCaffrey was the MVP of the game? I mean, at least half a dozen of them. I mean, the, the, the two Cardinals game where he had, you know, four touchdowns, he's had over 100 yards sometimes. Um, absolutely, that is a, a scenario in play. I will say that I, I was part of a uh, Steve Spagnolo scrum on monday and he said that you know when you first start watching film of the 49ers offense um your eye immediately goes to number 23 um so um they think that christian mccaffrey is going to be the epicenter of that offense so um i don't know does uh does kyle shanahan then uh you know move his chess pieces around and, and go in a different direction um he's done that i mean when, when he thinks that uh, a defense keying in on one area, he will immediately go to a different area. And um, he has the, the option to do that. Uh, but I sort of agree with you. I mean, why not give it to your best, um, your, your best weapon out there, a guy that you're going to be a hundred percent sure is ready and eager to um, have a spectacular game. I also, the other one, Debo Samuel, right? That's when the four are in trouble. Shanahan figures a way to get it to 19, you know, in, in the open field, like he did in the, you know, the Troy game, right? First play, I think, of the third, whatever it was, like just throw it to 19, see him do something. And you could, you know, the dream has been McCaffrey fake right, throw it to Debo left, fake to Debo left, give it to McCaffrey right. I could see, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Earl Mitchell, Earl Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell, who's Earl Mitchell? Uh, Elijah Mitchell, like, played well last game, but I can just see the carries that that McCaffrey doesn't get it's going to be Debo or at least going to be the short pass 
boxes that, that feel like a running game. Big game, Debo Samuel, go do something. Uh, it just feels like something I could see. I'm not saying he'd be the MVP, I'm not, but I could just see like six plays where Shannon has said, I'm just going to get this guy the ball. We've seen it in so many big games. And, and the fun is to send, you know, make the defense have to think about one of them and you give it to the other one. You know, we're talking about energy and, um, you know, just kind of creating that, um, you know, intense atmosphere that has been lacking the last two games. Who creates that better than Debo Samuel? I mean, it was Debo Samuel in Philadelphia um, that uh, that helped sort of create that uh, just aggressive atmosphere that they had going into that game. That's what they need going into the Chiefs game. They need somebody pumping them up, um, you know, sticking out his chest. Um, I, I, I was about to say getting into fights with kickers yeah. uh, in pregame, but like judge. Just towing the line. You don't want to get tossed out of the game before it begins. But I, I think I do think that they need that that level of intensity. Um, and if they if they have that plus all of their talent, that's how you beat Patrick Mahomes. I uh, I likened it to uh, your your favorite movie, uh, Avengers Endgame. So they, mm-hmm. if they can assemble, then they can <laughs> beat the big baddie uh, at the very end and take the ring off of his finger. Not bad, huh? That's pretty good. You got Ocean's Eleven. You got Avengers Endgame. Like these are two pretty good movie references. I don't know the whole Thank carrot you. top thing threw me off <laughs> at the beginning. But these are these are these are two good ones. Okay, we've talked about how the Four ers can win this game. I uh, I think I'm picking them. I, I haven't written that column yet, but I think I am picking them. We'll see. Okay, I could change my mind. Do reserve that right. But how do they lose this game? Then what happens in a in a scenario where the Four ers lose? I mean, you could see several scenarios. You, you could see a scenario where they're winning or it's a close game, and then one Patrick Mahomes has the ball in his hand at the end of the game um, and then works his Patrick Mahomes magic. Maybe gets a pass interference or defensive holding call to, to help him out. Um, we would never hear the end of it if that no. happened. Um, but, I mean, that's, you know, I think we've talked about this in the past where, you know, this um, – this, scenario that the 49ers have played with these last two games where it's disjointed and they fall behind early and this that and the other and it's uh it's difficult to watch and you you come away with it um with a sort of unsatisfied feeling if you're a fan even though your team has won in in a way that could be good because in the second half you're the pursuer you're the aggressor you're the one who's going for it on fourth down you're the one who's got the ball in your guy's hand in Brock Purdy's hand at the end of the game instead of the other way around. I mean, there, there is something to be said about that um, and just the the rhythm of a game and how you want to be the one that is, um, you know, pushing the limits, uh, pushing it at game's end. So um, I don't know if it's going to play out that way. The first two playoff games certainly have suggested it could happen that way, but um, that's uh, that's certainly one scenario. Yeah, uh, the way I'm looking at this might even be my lead. I was, I'm thinking like the 49ers only had one way to win that game four years ago, and they almost did it. Like they had to control the ball. They had to limit what Garoppolo was going to throw, have him hit a few big ones if they could, and play great defense. Like that was it. And they were up 20 to 10, and then it busted loose, and they didn't have the offensive firepower to change that. Uh, you know, Raheem Mostert had a great postseason. He wasn't the guy who was going to change that. You know, I think he only got like, two carries once the Chiefs started scoring. They just didn't have that. 
Uh, and now they've got a few ways. They can play it that way. I don't think they're as good defensively, but with McCaffrey, you can play that physical ball, offensively at least, uh, get out to a lead, and then just t- hold on this time. We'll see. Or they could go wide open and just start flinging it around and try to win. You know, I don't think they could have won in a in a high-scoring game four years ago. I mean, they clearly didn't. They lost 31-20, but I think – they could open it up and get down 10, come back, get it up, you know, like in one of those weird Super Bowl games we've seen. I think this quarterback can do that. Chris McCaffrey can do that. Uh, IU, you know, mature Ayuk, a, a mature Debo. I think they can do this. Kittle. Um, I just see more ways for them to win. And and doesn't mean they're going to. And Patrick Mahomes is very, very hard to beat. He did lose a, a, in the Super Bowl, though. It's not like he's Joe Montana and can't lose in the Super Bowl. He has lost in the Super Bowl. Um, if you throw the right defense at them, we'll, we'll see if the, the Fortnite should have the personnel to do it. We'll see if they can do it. But I do think they have more wins, ways to win. I think the Chiefs actually have less ways to win without Tyreek Hill. I, re, I mean, I respect their defense. It was good in the Super Bowl four years ago. It's better now. Chris Jones is a problem. But I don't know that they're great. <laughs> and I think the Fortnite should be able to move the ball on them. Certainly if they get down and get desperate, they shouldn't be able to – throw some passes on them, run the ball on them. Uh, I do think it's been dwindled down. And I think the 49ers have this pathway that they can go either way, run, pass, whatever. And I see them winning this game. I'm going to call it here. I'm seeing, I'm going to pick them, I think. I'm not going to change my wow. mind. You convinced me. I'm going to pick the 49ers. I mean, I don't love the pick. Again, Patrick Mahomes and a good defense is a great combination to win a lot of Super Bowls. And they've already won a lot of Super Bowls or two at least, and this could be their third. I just think this might be the Fortnite's time. This might be it. Uh, and it doesn't mean that the window's shutting, but I think this might be their moment because they can win a bunch of different ways, and you need to go into Super Bowl feeling that. Uh, they could have won it very basic way four years ago, but then it showed the vulnerability of that showed. Uh, Patrick Mahomes could go crazy on them, but I think they can hold that down. I think they can score enough. About Barrows, you want to offer anything like that? I, you know, I'm not going to force you to make a pick, but oh, I'm just going to follow that up. Um, does it bother you that on this um, Avengers level 49ers <laughs> team, um, Spider Man is a rookie kicker? Um, yeah, who, a- um, who, who, by the way, missed <laughs> two kicks in Allegiant Stadium to to kick off the the season back in the preseason. Jake Moody was over two there. Um, I, I, it, it, it was yes. strange back then. I mean, we're seeing why everybody thought it was so strange in April that, okay, this team that thought it was going to go to the Super Bowl um, picked a rookie kicker to be uh, potentially kicking the, the game winner in that game. I mean, here we are. It, it's uh, all of those scenarios that we put forth. Okay, what if this happens? They're happening right now. Yes. Yes. That is like, I'm, I think I'm factoring him. He's going to miss one. Like I'm factoring that in because he's missed one in each of the first two playoff games. The chiefs Bucker Harrison Bucker is great. I don't, I factor him. He's going to make whatever he, he's attempting. Um, that is an issue. And if it comes down to what do you think four nighters, four nighters with a 41 yard figure will attempt to either win or lose this game in the final seconds. Here we are. Jake Moody. Uh, I don't know that Kyle's going to feel great about that. In fact, they might be going for for, some, for it on some four downs. Uh, I, I have a feeling like fourth and two, fourth and he doesn't tend to go fourth and four, fourth and six, but fourth and two, 
I can see him going for it at the 33, you know, the 32, whatever. Uh, I could just feel that. But I'm kind of factoring that in like a mediocre kicker. I'm kind of factoring. If they had a great kicker, I would feel a lot better about picking the 49ers. But I don't think kicker, you know, it's hard to measure what, you know, certainly Adam Vinatieri was massive for the Patriots, but not for every Super Bowl. Like some Super Bowls, the kicker does not come into play that much. If Moody can just kick it into the end zone on kickoffs, which he has failed to do a time or two, uh, when uh, I think that's a key point. Like it wasn't strategy for him to kick short against Green Bay. He just missed it and it went short and it went back for a long kickoff return. Like this is a guy who can still miss kicks. But if he only misses one and he has three attempts and he makes all his extra points, I'm just kind of baking that into who the 49ers are. Um, I'm not counting on a 53-yarder to win the game, put it that way, or, four, or even a 48-yarder to win the game. Just not. Uh, but And that Allegiant field, that's where it started with Moody, right? That's where the shakiness started with him. You had this yes. dominant training camp. We're all going, man, that is as good as I've ever seen a kicker in a training camp. And then Allegiant, like he pulls one left, and then he pushes one right, and they're like, here we go. Uh, and, you know, I, I think they're trying to talk themselves into not feeling worried about it. I bet you they're a little worried about it, but – I don't know that a kick, again, could be wrong. Kick might come down to it, but I don't know that that's what it's going to be. And I'm just kind of counting that as part of the factoring and why I still kind of like the 49ers in this. I still do like the 49ers in this game, but it's a big thing. It's definitely a big thing. Robbie Gold would feel pretty good for the 49ers right now. I know I understood why they did it. I think they'd feel pretty good if Robbie Gold was their place kicker right now. Someone said they saw Robbie Gold down here on the strip, walking around. It's Robbie Gold and Carrot Top. <laughs> he's there on Thursday. If he's at I mean, practice today, <laughs> I mean, if Jake Mooney has a shaky first half and Robbie's there in the stands, I, I say he he comes climbing out of the stands and then puts on his old uniform and kicks the game winner. What a Hollywood story that there would be! That would be Dream better than Ocean's Eleven. A dream. What, what was Robbie's number with the, with the 49ers? Six, uh, six, I think. Yeah. I think it was. We'll call six. it, uh, we'll call it yeah. Ocean Six, and it'll it'll <laughs> it'll kill in the box office. Don Cheadle, Carrot Top, the works. Barros, you're in there. You're in this group. You are in the Rat Pack. Mm-hmm. I'm putting you in there. You're connecting them all. All right. Any good meals out there so far, Barros? Yeah, I had a good one um, last night at uh, Libertine, which is in the Mandalay Bay Casino. Um, I had a, uh, a good fish. I was kind of nervous about it. Fish can, um, not be good in restaurants or kind of taste the same. This was out, out of this world. This was, uh, worth the price. Uh, so that's been the, uh, the all-star so far. Um, hoping to have one with you, our, our normal, yeah, yeah. uh, night before the game dinner. Maybe we'll get, uh, Saturday Marcus night. and David to, to come too. So, uh, we, we, we should plan on something nice Saturday night to sort of, celebrate the season uh win loser draw the next day we'll do it matt barrows has called it we'll find someplace good to eat uh i don't know Some, sometimes it's hard to get matt, mt out, out out to eat but uh we will invite him we'll get lombardi we'll we'll do it up a little uh the athletic bay area style excellent excellent idea we'll report back on it after the super bowl we'll tell you how it went barrows got anything else to say here that's it. I'm, I'm uh, going to be heading to Lake Las Vegas later this afternoon, and we'll get a, a better idea of George Kittle's availability. Um, who else? Ambry Thomas has an ankle. Um, Eric Armstead, and we'll also figure out 
if they practiced in full a regular Thursday practice at uh, at UNLV. And if Robbie Gold is at a podium, you will let us know. Debriefing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's better than the Coyote sighting. It's uh, Robbie Gold walking <laughs> along in Vegas. Wow, wow. Uh, you write that one up, you'll you'll get some people reading it. I'll tell you that one. That's people true. Be, uh, That's true. That. <laughs> All right, Barrows, thanks so much. I will see you tomorrow or Saturday and certainly on Sunday when we got ourselves a ball. Sounds good. Mm-hmm.